Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast. For those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the world of stand-up, radio, TV, writing and today, design. We have such an amazing guest on today. I've been editing this all afternoon and I'm so excited to upload it. Idil Sukhan is an art director and photographer who specialises in performers' marketing materials. She has put together some of the most outstanding posters and marketing materials for famous, not-so-famous and brand-new comedians and understands the nuances and psychology behind what attracts certain audience members and what turns off audience members because let's face it you don't want your show to attract everyone because if it does it'll be bland and boring and attract no one she had some amazing thoughts on how much you should put into your marketing budget and why it shouldn't just be a friend of a friend who designs your poster you should really invest in your photography and your design and your marketing and one of the big standout quotes for me which i sort of knew but I'd never had it told to me in this way before, was when she said, more people will see your poster or flyer than will actually see your show. Sounds simple, but when you think about it like that, it does put into perspective how much money you should probably put into your marketing materials versus your venue. Before we listen to the interview, I want to quickly tell you about her debut exhibition, She's supported us. We're going to try and support her as best we can. She's got an exhibition called This Comedian and it looked outstanding from what I saw. I did the recording in her her apartment uh, slash studio and she had loads of pictures on the wall that she was going to be displaying as well as all of her marketing materials and promotional stuff. And I'm really excited to go and look at it. it. It's going to probably give me loads of inspiration and loads of ideas and I can't wait to just go down and talk to us some more. As you can tell from this interview, we chatted for ages more than the interview, but this is the distilled version of everything that was relevant to what I think this audience or my audience of this podcast will enjoy. Very quick shout out to Mike Sheldon as well, who is a frequent listener of the show, but also lent me the portable mic that I recorded this on, which really helped out. Also, uh, thank you to the UK podcast group, which helped me with the sound on it. 
Um, a few people have made comments like that the sound is not loud enough for them on trains and cars. So as a result, I've invested in I've invested in some software and I've invested some time into my own knowledge so I can make the sound as loud and as clear as possible for you in all ways that you listen to it. Let me know if it made a difference. Let me know if it helped. That'd be really useful. This podcast is 91 minutes long. Because of some feedback I've got, I've split it into two parts. You can download the whole thing if you go to the podcast uh, subscription page or the website, which is rcindustrypodcast.tumblr.com. But this is part one of part two. People have said that they're a bit too long. Sometimes they're doing drives uh, to gigs or sometimes they're doing the laundry or whatever. And as a result, they don't have time to listen to the whole thing. So they want it in two parts. This is an experiment. If you enjoy this, do let me know. Email me, simon.m.kane, that's spelled C-A-I-N-E, at gmail.com, or tweet me at this made me cool. Let me know if you appreciated this or if you think it's not worth doing because it's a lot of extra hassle, and if not enough people are actually using it or wanting it, I will stop. So do let me know your feedback. Part two is also available immediately when this one is, so do look it up. Without any more delays, this is Adil Sukhan. You kind of have to go right back to base principles, go right back to why you're even bothering to do comedy in the first place, why you're even bothering to figure out an hour-long show, um, and and then develop the visuals from that, develop how you're going to be represented from that, rather than trying to um, Google marketing techniques. No, that's just interesting for me, because... I find, uh, so I've got friends who do characters and, they, and they'll and they sort of sit down and methodically work out, oh, the character's this, so they need to look more like this, or, or especially with sketch groups sometimes because the sketch involves, you know, props or looking like a certain sure. way. But they're still coming from it, it, coming to the whole process from a creative origin. So they're still coming to what they're wearing from, well, why they're trying to... Um, they're trying to develop visual gags or they're trying to make characters cohesive. Like It's the same with drama. I mean, drama especially, when you're trying to create a theatrical piece, then everything that the character is wearing, everything that the char- all the characters' pipes and pearls and handbags, all of those are relevant. So that's why you have prop masters and that's why you have costume people and that's why you have huge teams in theatres because they're all essential for rounding off those characters as much as possible. And the more rounded the character is and the more cohesive it is and the more subtle it is and the more unified it is and the more nothing stands out as weird or shoddy or lacking in detail, only then can you really have fun with the character. Then you can really, like let it rip with the, with the character the actor can then has that freedom to do whatever they want because they have completely um they, yeah they <laughs> sorry edit <laughs> um, that with that um, <laughs> only then have they really absorbed the character and inhabited the character and then they can make jokes and and also be incredibly dramatic and also garner emotional responses in the audience but if the jacket is a little bit shoddy you see it in amateur theatre all the time where they're wearing a shirt that clearly is like one size too big for the actor and like a terrible corduroy jacket and it's it, it looks like the last thing that was hanging in the in the costume cupboard 
and then and, and everybody's like, well, that will do. And they're trying. They're not wearing a belt with their slacks, and it's all lacking in detail. And you know, so much of poorly produced theatre is like that. When they're, it, it's that shine. It's that little. You know, it's the the final touches on a character that's so essential. Um, and all of that to get that right, you have to really care, and you have to really concentrate and you have to really understand that it's important is the more you do that the more you polish things off the more cohesiveness you have the more coherence you have visually whether it's the photo or the design or the poster or the set or what your the background the backdrop the props your wig and your glasses the more cohesiveness you have then the the more inviting and warm and cosy that universe is for the fans and the more you can let rip with the comedy. And that's why it's so important. That's why visuals are so essential because it's that, it's that first invitation, it's the first port of call, it's the first engagement that you have with any audience member, any potential audience member, any potential fan that's the first greeting to them and if you look like a dick then people are just not going to want to hang out with you and more often than not photography and posters are scenes you know they're, they're done at the very last minute they're done with almost no money there's a lot of producers who don't you don't realise how important they are and you end up with uh, people looking like dicks on a whole bunch of very expensive posters all around the city. And then people wonder why they're not, you know, selling tickets. They end up looking like everybody else. They, look, they end up lost in an overwhelming sea of gawking faces and shrugging shoulders. And nobody wants to hang out with someone who shrugs their shoulders all the time in real life. Like if your buddy, just every time you saw them, picked up two arbitrary objects, like an asparagus and a shoe, and shrugged their shoulders and was like, hey, I've got an asparagus and a shoe. You want to hang out? You want to hang out tonight? Then you would not hang out with them and you would <laughs> never speak to them again. That's what would happen, and that's it's the same with posters. Uh, um, so yeah, stop looking like dicks, people, and pay attention to detail. It's all about the detail. That's what puts me off. So like, there's a lot of DVDs that have come out where they've just got a comedian holding a microphone, like just standing there with it, kind of thing. We know and comedians hold microphones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we know. Like this is what's so incredible about the lack of faith that producers seem to have in their brilliant comedians, that they have to insert a microphone into their hand for all their photos to remind everyone, this person is definitely a comedian, everyone. They're definitely funny. Look, they have a microphone. They must have something to say, right? Like, it's... It's so on the nose, like it's a poster of a comedian, they're holding a microphone, like it, it, it's unbelievable how, how like nobody even bothered to switch on their imagination that day, like they have one, everybody has one, 
and it's just sitting there on a shelf and nobody's taking it down. And it's why I don't understand why producers and commissioners or, or PRs or that you know there are loads of fantastic producers, loads of fantastic PRs, loads of fantastic agents, certainly. But and and actually more so over the years uh, as comedy grows, it, the the tide is changing. Everybody, it's very exciting that people are more excited to do creative things with, with comedy publicity. But still, it's like, I mean, these people's lives, you know, it's it's a whole year of your life, at least, to develop an hour-long show to then record for a DVD. And it gets reduced to holding a microphone at a jaunty angle. That's your whole life is right there. It's like, well, I can hold this microphone slightly wackily. And that's... That's meant to represent all your tears and blood and complicated relationships and the fact that you don't ring your dad as much as you should do and the fact that you don't eat properly, you get takeout like four times a week and you haven't done your laundry and your whole life is a mess. You cry all the time. Everything is boiled down to just one shitty fucking microphone. And that, I think, is a shame. I agree. The, 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 <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> well, no, I, I, you said it a lot more eloquently than I have. Um, I, the only exception to that is Louis C.K. I think he has a he has a poster for his latest special where he's just holding a microphone like that, and it's perfect for him yes. because that's all he is. You see, I think it works because I think it comes from the same yes. creative origins. There, mm. I think there are a couple of comedians that it does work to hold a microphone because mm. they're so... With Louis, he, he, everything is stripped back so much. Like, it is him in a black T-shirt, you know, and he, he's talking about incredibly... I mean, basic. I want to say basic. Mm. I mean, because it's, everything is so basic. It's like, well, mm. my kid said the shitty thing and I hate my shitty kid and, and everything is shitty. And it's just stuff that just happened. Literally everything feels... it. He's the only comedian that I would ever believe if he said this. This you'd never guess what happened to me, like when I was just on my way to the gig, because every single thing that he says really does appear to be that thing that just happened right now, and he's pissed off. And and there are comedians that that suits that it it it, it is boiled down so much that actually that reductive, very classic image does work for him. But equally with him, if you, it, I've never seen him wackily gawk at the camera in this needy, despicably like wanton way of like, please pay attention to my poster. With you know, I've never seen Louis C.K. do that. Like his he, photos, he's quite—it's stripped down and it's calm uh, and it's steady. And I think that's very important. And I think a lot of people will confuse that with like, oh, but he's got a microphone, but they don't see all of that. They don't see that it works creatively and coherently with the rest of everything, including his actual material. When, when I designed my poster for the first time, I remember looking around at other people's and going, oh, I like that, I'm going to have a bit of that, I like that, I'm going to have a bit of that. And then when I put something together and showed a friend, they were like, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know what the show's about. 
And it was because I was looking at stuff that I liked yeah. and stuff that I thought worked because and I was only looking at the poster rather than the bigger picture of the thing. So I know exactly what you mean by that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of early comedians are guilty of that, where you sort of go... Sure, of course. Uh, like, er- anyone who's doing anything. Like when I first started out as a photographer, I, you know, I would look at lighting patterns and, and how other photographers lit their work and how artists painted light and... Um, and and at first it's for reference. At first it's because you you're trying to find your own identity, and I totally understand that at the beginning of your career. But as you forge, if you're any good, if you're listen, if you're terrible, then that's that's what's going to keep happening. You're going to keep clawing around for any kind of sense of identity, and that's fine because not everyone is good. They're you know like ninety five percent. <laughs> of anyone doing anything uh, is middling at best and only a few people are going to find like they're everybody's striving for it but you know you're going to find your identity as you do it and the more you do it the more you write the more you pay attention the more you realize that everything has to come from you like I, I think a lot of the time this happens with PR as well that you know that you you book a PR and then you expect them to sort of solve your life and make you famous, but actually it, it needs that input. Same with design, it's the same with the poster, it's the same with the image. It, you can't just book a photographer and then not talk to them and then three weeks later you turn up at their studio and expect some you know, award-winning photo to appear. You have to put in the effort, you know. You, you know, I've had someone turn up with a Sainsbury's bag full of wet clothes, and it's like, okay, come on, like we talked about this. You, that there has to, people have to meet in the middle. You have to, you, you're bringing a creative on board, um, and so you have to. So that's why it's so important to forge that identity, and then and then communicate that identity, develop it with your other creators, develop your identity with the PR, develop your identity with the producer. Again, you can't hope to be signed by a producer and then for every, and then suddenly to sell all your tickets out. You've got to write a blog and tweet funny stuff and you've got to put in the work every day and you've got to do your own press, do your own production, do your own little Facebook event, do your own website, get a nice website, get nice pictures, talk to the photographer, give the photographer reference images, make sure that you know what you're getting, um, take the photographer out for expensive drinks, photographers love that, do that for your photographer, for your designer, again, you know, like, give them, give them a chance to do something great, give them time, don't ring them up with about three days, I think we, <laughs> I've done so many posters, like literally the day before, that's when I get rung up, I, get, I, I, I post on Facebook and my mailing list and on Twitter, I'm like, come on, book, book me early, book me early, and still people ring the, the day before the deadline, and they're like, hey, I don't have a poster, and nor do they, you know, nor have do they have a show, <laughs> nor do they have a title, the more it, I mean, it's easier to say than it is to do, obviously. But the more you put in to anything, the more you get out of it. Um, the yeah. the amount of, I mean, I know they have merit and reasons for it, but the amount of photos I've seen with people holding a 
microphone in an unrealistic pose with a white background just just because they said they needed headshots or whatever yeah. drives me mental I mean I know because I have friends who do photography and they say well the reason it's got a white background easier to crop out so if we want to put you in something that's fine but then I look at some of the poses and I'm like you're never unless that was specifically for something you're never going to need like a pose where you're like leaning up against a wall holding the you know casually well, we're like an orange over here for some reason you know what I mean yeah and I don't. I never understand why those are take. Are those just vanity shots then, it's more than because, anything? No, or? it's not vanity. It's laziness. People, <laughs> people see those photos out there, and they just take photos of what they think comedians should look like. Is that's what they've seen, and that's what comedians have seen. There are comedians who think that that's the photo that they need. It's not just the photographer's fault. Um, it's 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 laziness on everybody's part. Everybody at every stage has been lazy to create that final image. They've looked at the internet, they've Googled comedian, they've seen some awful person, some awful shoot, scratching the back of their head, with their armpit showing, and then they take the exact same picture. Um, there, there's also, I, I mean, <laughs> I think there are people who have collected them uh, <laughs> like collected images of men um, scratching the back of their head and showing their armpit. A really? Bit. Yeah, there, there's, there's a tumbler for it. <laughs> there's hundreds of them. There's, right. And and it's amazing. Sometimes you'll you'll spot them next to each other in an Ed Fringe program, and it's hilarious when that happens. And it it seems like nobody's even thought about it. Nobody at any point even questions if that was the way to represent. A male comedian is that like is it you know was there a rule was there like a symposium that dictated that that was how male comedians should be represented while female comedians looking kooky and off to the side like they've got nothing challenging to say um so there are every single comedian likes to think that they're different right i'm assuming well, yeah, you, every, every comedian is doing it because they think they've some got level, something different yeah. to say. They, you know, otherwise, why would they bother doing it? They think yeah. that they're good. They think that they're better. They, they think that they've they've got it from a slightly different angle. That their jokes are different. And so, why on earth are their photos not coming from the same detailed place? Like they, you know, I've, I have to sometimes really get it out of people. Like, we, you know, we really have to talk about the show I, I really have to force it on a lot I mean and that sounds insane but you know most of the time you know people come to me because I'm you know I like to do narrative stuff I like to do very creative stuff I like to do very art directing stuff um, and sometimes people just assume that that just gets plucked out of nowhere and they they think they can ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just sort of turn up, but actually... Those pictures are a result of a huge amount of planning. Like mm. it, it's, it's days of thinking and working and, and figuring stuff out and talking to the comedian and producers and PRs and all sorts of things and and planning for it and getting stuff in and getting reference images in, um, and sometimes a comedian will see all those images and not realize all the work that's gone in, from both sides, not just from me but from the comedian. As well, that's what's critical is that comedian has invested that time into that shoot as well. It's not just me, and that you know, sometimes you have to encourage that to come out of the comedian. You have to encourage them to care about it, because otherwise, I may as well just give them the camera and then like set it up on a tripod and take their own stupid picture. Like, you know, what's the point of getting me in to do it otherwise? Or, you know, what's the point of paying a photographer to to do it if you're just gonna you know turn up and do a shot that everybody else has and there's absolutely no creativity has gone into it and no um no reflection of your singular talents or your specific uniqueness uh, and comedy charm has gone into it like there's no point you know you just set up your eye, eyesight <laughs> on your MacBook and uh, take a bunch of pictures and use them. You said a second ago that uh, you should take your photographer out and take your designer out. Does that mean you think photographers and design you should get a photographer and a designer, or do you think it's better to have them be one person? Not everyone does do design and photography. That that's um, yeah. It's there are of course uh, some photographers who do design as well I do design and photography I started out as a designer and artist um, and then I took up photography um, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same person I come in as an art director so I that's the thing I, I, I actually find it weird to say that I'm just a designer or just a photographer because I, I art direct things and then I commission myself to be the designer and then commission myself to be the photographer um, I have on very rare occasions commissioned other designers to take things on or commissioned um, set designers and I obviously commission stylists and I commission hair and makeup people and I get very specific people on board to come in on the team remember that doing a photo shoot, doing a publicity campaign is not really a one person job and and I'm even even though I'm the one doing the photography and the design physically like creatively in front of Photoshop I I'm not one person. I have a team, I've got assistants, I've got stylists, hair and makeup people, um people who help me run the studio, all sorts of things. So 
photography and design shouldn't ever be a, a one-person job. Um, and so if, you, if they are separate people, if your designer is one person and your photographer is another person, the stylist is another person that hasn't been commissioned by anyone, somebody randomly that you know, etc., etc., then you have a lot of disparate entities coming in, and what you need is an auteur, is that visionary, is that art director. You need someone to bring it all together. And that's what I do for the publicity campaigns that I take on, but if, if, I'm, if, if, if you don't have someone like that, then you get those classic posters where it's just a random photo, which is nice, you know, a, ni- a random nice photo and a random nice font and then just whack together and then there's a poster. And that is the majority of Edinburgh fringe posters, like the great majority, you know, nice photo, nice font, people say, oh, cool poster, but actually it's kind of nothing. It's kind of, no, at no point has it been art directed or developed again with that, to in parallel with how you've been creating the show. It doesn't necessarily reflect the show, it doesn't necessarily um, add to it. That's the thing, it's an opportunity, the poster and the photography and the design, it's such an opportunity to add so much depth to the show because it it can create expectations or counter expectations or puncture the the, the wacky title or um, or you know subvert different themes etc it has such a huge opportunity it's so much real estate there that you have that are going to be splashed all over it, it the the photo and the, and the poster are going to be seen by so many more people than will ever see the show will ever see it thousands of people tens of thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people sometimes will see the poster and only sometimes a few hundred people will see the show let's and and people will lie you'll get you know if you if you have a good Edinburgh you got, you come into meetings in London, everybody wants to talk to you. The majority of those people will lie about seeing the show, and they'll just go on the poster. Like they'll they'll just uh, they'll just you know they'll just figure out what the show is about from based on the poster. It's not that they're lying about seeing the show. It's more that they, you know, they're they're looking at you as a commercial entity. Suddenly, they're they're seeing how you work on a poster. They're seeing how you work as a, a sellable commodity. It's quite exciting prospect for them if your poster is great. If you're if you look incredible in photos, so. You need to get that really like great poster. It's not good enough to just have a random idea and say that to the designer and say that to the photographer. You need an art director to bring them both together and to make sure that they're working in sync, in unison. Now that art director could be you. You could be the There's no reason why the comedian can't be the art director. But the comedian has to realise that that's the responsibility instead of just randomly being like yeah I love that font and I love that texture and I love that you know like let's do a cool you know there has to be this kind of interest from them in their whole show in in every single detail of their show so yeah of course you 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 know it's it's not a it's not a one person job there's always a team involved um and if you if you and equally if you find someone who does both photos and design it doesn't follow that they're also an art director, by the way. 
getting one person to do both the design and photography is not necessarily better than getting different people because that person that person who does both might might be doing the same thing might just randomly take a photo and then randomly pick a font they're not necessarily art directing either you you still might have to come in as the art director so that's kind of the difference that's 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 what I try and do. I come in as an art director, and then we get the best possible facets of every of every part of making that poster, making that coherent publicity campaign. And sometimes we'll make bits of sets that work as well. That actually, um, that actually continue that art direction into the show itself. So bits of the set will reflect the poster or the photo or um, what people are wearing. So a lot of the time the styling that we do for the photo shoot, that styling will then be bought out and then will actually be used on the stage um, and throughout the actual performance and through the year, you know, the whole touring um, backdrops that we use in the in the photo shoot then, will, you know, will then be used on stage. There's all sorts of things that, it, you know, we can really expand that to create that universe. Sorry, that blown my mind a bit. <laughs> Just because, no, because I didn't think of that more people will see my post than my show. Yeah, of course they do. No, I know, but I never thought of that. I know that sounds ridiculous. It's crazy, isn't it? That And people don't realise that that's why it's so important. Yeah. Because people have an opinion of you without ever seeing your show. Or meeting you or watching yeah, meet, you or whatever, yeah. Exactly. They have an opinion formed. Yeah based on that poster, based on the photos, based on your your website, based on your Facebook page, based on visuals. We're living in an in a, in a visual society now. There's I mean we're it's an absolute like epidemic of like photos everywhere, we're completely surrounded and people make instant judgments based on photography. And that those photos and that design has to be a reflection of your show and your ideas and your comedy and what and a reflection of why the fuck you're even bothering to do this in the first place. What I'm thinking of is I do that when I look at other people's posters. Yeah. But I never think of it from Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all we all judge everyone else. <laughs> we never figure out that we're the ones being judged as well. Cuz it's much easier to judge everyone else. It's very easy. I'm very judgmental. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, of course I am. I, I, I'd be rubbish at my job if I wasn't this judgmental. That's fair. I'm never letting you see my post. <laughs> don't, don't let me see it. Unless I've designed it, don't let oh, me see it's it. it's so pretty. That, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll talk later. Um, I might have to get you to redesign it. Um, but I, yeah. That's what they all say. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford you. Um, but that's what they all say. Uh, are, you, are you okay to talk about yeah. fees and stuff? Mm-hmm. How do fees work with you? Um, I'm more expensive than other people, um, <laughs> but uh, but I think I do something. But then again, I think I do something different to other people. As I say, I come in as an art director. I come in early in the process. I do a huge amount of like back work, um, build stuff, or make stuff, or hire stylists, uh, um, oversee you know makeups, styling, details, art directing, and and then make that sort of cohesive with the design as much as possible um so there's a lot more there's a lot more prep work and there's a lot more creative direction 
there's a lot more talk about the show there's a lot more talk about the themes there's a lot more discussion there's a lot more discussion about your career moving forward like why you're doing the photos so we're trying to get a set of photos that aren't just for the show we're trying to sort of create a set of photos that can last you through the year and have loads of different purposes um, make sure they're photos that can be that, that have a lot of flexibility so they work in you know posters and campaigns and press and all, all that kind of thing and and that they tie and the most important thing is that they they come, you know, they come from the same place um, that, you know, the, 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 all the creativity works as well. So do you think it's worth, go- I mean, do you go and watch the show or a preview to get a feel for it? I try as much as possible. It's so difficult because there's, I mean, there's no time and nobody ever has enough time and people book me like with not enough time sometimes. Or actually what's more typical is that they haven't <laughs> written it yet. <laughs> there's no show yet. Um, so when there's no show yet, you know, as much as possible, just as much reference images as possible, as much prep as possible, as much as you can do. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's it can end up being like weeks of work um, or m- months of work sometimes when it, when it gets to, you know, how much work we do on design and the and the photos and everything put together can be, yeah it sort of ruins my life <laughs> so probably the comedians as well yeah no no what it doesn't ruin their lives no, they I mean, get writing famous the show. I mean, oh writing, writing the show, the show. oh I mean, yeah, yeah writing a show ruins everyone's life yeah definitely but the work I do makes you goddamn famous so I think it's worth it do you have any success stories you like that you're particularly proud of Oh God! Um, uh, success stories in the sense that I'll, I'll be I'll be blunt with you. Um, a large number of people who have asked about this series are looking at doing promotional materials for their show, mm-hmm. but have no idea where to start and have no idea why they need to do it. Or like a few people said to me because they heard my interview with Alex Petty. This will probably get a bit edited out. Um, because he was talking about getting listed in the brochure, mm-hmm. because, and a lot of them were like, "Yeah, but it's like three hundred quid." And oh I, my god! And Alex's, yeah. So go. On. Yeah. Okay. So for people who are listening to this podcast who are trying to sort of figure out how to get started with all this, um, if you're taking a show to Edinburgh, you one hundred percent have to get listed in the program. It's insane if you're not. That's where all journalists carry that program as a bible. They circle the ones they want. Um, they look at it and people just don't pay attention to shows that are not listed in the programme. It's very, very rare. Obviously, there are shows that aren't listed in the programme and uh, it's uh, completely ridiculous. And and actually, the only ones that benefit from that are ones that have a huge profile anyway. Um, So if you're just starting out, it's insane to not be listed. Um, Also, punters... They just look at the programme. They're excited. You, you have to get people excited. You have to get your name known. Agents look at it. Casting directors look at it. Everybody looks at it. Um, the second thing is that if you can afford it, you want to get an advert in there. It's the only... If you only have a limited budget for advertising, you want to get an advert in the Fringe programme. Because, as I say, every single person will look at it, scan it, circle it, get excited about it. And, and read it from cover to cover. I mean, it, the comedy section gets red and red and red and red and red. Um, so if you have a huge advertising budget, then yeah, go for it. Get the quarter pages and the full pages and 
in three weeks and all this kind of stuff. But if you have a limited budget, actually just getting one quarter page in Fest and you know a, a, an eighth page in the list and stuff, that won't do you any good because it'll be so random that people won't notice it. Um, those are great if you've got a bigger publicity campaign and you want that like frequency of information, you want that information, you want those visuals appearing again and again and again and again. But if you have limited budget, you know, scrape it together, it's worth it. Get the ad in the fringe guide because that establishes you as a person of commitment. You are committed to being a comedian. You there's um I talk about this a lot elsewhere, but comedian, the name comedian, the actual word, is not a protected term. Anyone you can do five gigs or two hundred gigs, either person can call themselves a comedian. You, there's no set number of gigs before you can start saying that. There's no set quality. There's no number of awards you have to win before you can start calling yourself a comedian. I know people who've done, you know, hundreds of gigs over years and still don't call themselves a comedian. And equally, I know people who've done 12 gigs and they're shit and they call themselves a comedian. So, so one thing about having a photo taken, having a professional photo taken and that design and getting an advert printed in the comedy section is that actually that's a bit of self-determination. That's, that's a very kind of, that's a very distinctive way of establishing your base there. You're, you know, you, you've drawn the line. You're like, I am a comedian. This is what I'm doing. And if you're just starting out, that's so important. That kind of visual confirmation, affirmation that this is what you're doing. You're doing a show, you're a comedian, it's going to be funny. It doesn't matter if it's in the free fringe. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what time it's on at. That advert in the festival program is such a huge deal. And so if you can scrape the money together, scrape the money together. I That's what I think. I think people have their budgets the, all the wrong way around. I think people are paying too little for photography. They think that it's just a couple hundred pounds cash. And they think, oh, done. And then a couple hundred pounds cash for design. Oh, done. And that... And and then they don't even bother to take the advert out. And instead, they're paying for amazing accommodation in Edinburgh. They're paying too much money for production, too much money for or their ven- too much money for their venues, too much money for PRs. And and I think you know the PR. It's kind of pointless having a PR if you have got shit images. Because firstly, it doesn't matter how good the PR is, if they're shit images, they won't get printed. They just, it's so difficult to get bad images printed and um, I know because I worked as a, a picture desk editor for, and, and a, you know photo editor for, for various publications and you know it, we would always pick the better picture over the better comedian like that's how it is because it, we're, we're trying to make something look visually interesting so it doesn't matter how good you are if you've got terrible pictures you know like it You've got, you've, you know, you've, you've got to have something that that is exciting to look at, exciting to be part of. That the people are going to get excited about. That people are going to press like on hearts on Instagram and likes on Facebook. Um, so, if you're trying to, yeah, so you've, your budgets, a lot of budgets are the wrong way around. Put the money into the thing that's going to last the longest. Put the money into the thing that's going to have the biggest impact visually and the biggest impact on your show, the biggest impact on getting your name out there, because ultimately Edinburgh is a trade show. Edinburgh is about getting your name and your face out there and establishing yourself as a comedian. 
and you can be as arty as you want and you're not trying to play the game and stuff like that and you know I mean Daniel Kitson played the game of, at, at the beginning you know he won a bunch of stuff and he had a PR and he had an agent and everything um, and 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 only now is he you know ponting around doing like no posters and no press and stuff but it's like you don't start mm. out that way guys mm. that's not you know you have to earn that if if you want if you even want it you know so it's it's completely it's, yeah it's completely stupid to do it the, the other way around that you need to invest in your show and how your show will be represented that's a critical thing um so scrape the money together put it into the photography put it into the advert put it into the design and then spend the rest of your time just doing a kick-ass show everything else will fall into place that was part one of my interview with Adil Sukan. Uh, if you've been enjoying it you might want to listen to part two you can find that on the iTunes feed or on the Stitcher feed depending on which platform you're using or you can find the full episode on the website which is rcindustrypodcast.tumblr.com you can also download both parts of this direct from the website in case you're not on either of those platforms so you're struggling to find a way of getting them uh, onto your computer if you enjoyed this and you have a minute while you're waiting for part two to download could you please leave it a review it really helps out we have lots of guests who are reading those giving me really positive feedback and saying they'd love to come on just because they've read the reviews and they think it's a valuable thing really helps out we're at 19 at the moment i'd really love to get to 20 please keep doing it thank you very much if you're new to the show and you're enjoying this and you think it's valuable hit the subscribe button it helps out you because you get it direct to your podcast player of your choice it helps out me because it means i've got a bigger audience to go to different guests and say this is the amount of people that might listen to your interview with me so it helps get better guests on which helps you get better content so hit the button and also share it with friends if you have a minute share a link to the iTunes feed or to the podcast on the website. Thank you very much for listening. Looking forward to seeing you in part two. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.